Hey, welcome back to another episode of Books and Brooms, the official HMS Harmony podcast. As always, I'm your host, the Above Average Joe, and with me again is Lauren. Say hi. Hi, guys. Welcome to our special April Fool's episode. Yeah, so it's April Fool's. What are we talking about? I mean... Besides, you know, the obvious... I'll leave you to say it, considering you you reckoned the other day that I was always the one bringing them up. I was going to go with a more, you know, satirical, let's talk about how great Ginny is as a character or why Ron <laughs> and Hermione aren't toxic as a relationship. Or, you know, how Draco's also a good alternative would be another one. Okay, I... We were going for April Fool's and now I'm just disgusted. We're talking about Fred and George, people. <laughs> Okay, so everyone's favorite Weasleys, because let's face it, they just are. <laughs> True. Although, to be fair, Bill, Bill runs a pretty close second. Or, and also Arthur. Yeah, I would only put Arthur above Bill because of sheer presence. True. But, you know. Um... All the good Weasleys are ones that none of the characters end up with. <laughs> True. Although... Yeah, I was gonna say Charlie is never bloody there. Um, Charlie, what, like twice? World Cup and Tri Wizard and the wedding. So well, three, three times. times. Oh, and obviously he makes an off-camera appearance in first year because Norbert. Sorry, I just did the whoop de doo finger that no one besides me and Lauren can see because of webcams. Anyway, let's let's talk about Fred and George tropes in Harmony fanfic. Well, what you got? Anything in particular? Or? Um, well, one of the ones that one of the ones that you mentioned, um, which I hadn't really thought about, to be fair, is Harry going to Fred and George for advice on what romantic advice, whether it's he's done something stupid asking Hermione out or any other variation, um, which, you know, we always say that the Weasleys are like family to Harry. So they and Percy to a certain extent are probably the closest things Harry's got, Harry's got to big brothers. So depending on when it is in the timeline, I think Harry would probably go to Percy first as weird as it sounds if he's take if harry is in a very serious mindset i, I would agree with you he might slant towards percy first but it really depends on where the story is set timeline wise yeah but also percy might would actually take it seriously and wouldn't you know either one take the piss or two um wouldn't would actually give him serious advice or proper advice and see, that's why I think it works better as a Fred and George trope, because with the two of them there, you're allowed, you, you can kind of bifurcate that narrative and have one be the jokey one and one be the one taking it seriously. I think they would both, considering they're supposed to be on the same wavelength, I think they would both be jokey to start with. But then if Harry, say, stormed off or whatever, or, you know, um, sufficiently displayed his ire, to put it no higher... Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that, that, that both of them would be kind of shell-shocked and jokey on, yeah. on the outset. And then once 
Harry's intentions were were made clear. I think they both t- treat it properly. They would both treat it pop- properly, I think, and you could do this with either either one of them. But one of them would have made more outwardly comedic mm. regarding tension, the whole process. Tension break, comedic relief, I suppose. Yeah, and I, I that's I think that allows you to develop Fred and George a little bit, but also put their uses in in place in terms of narrative where you can actually have them be mature but also still retain their humor because that's something i've seen a lot in fanfic is fred and george are either written as 100 percent never developing goofballs or somehow somewhere along the lines the humor just drops off entirely mm. that's part of the reason why i like um Muggle Summer Wizards 4, which is one I sent you the other day. Um, yeah, like because... four chapters into it because, you know, toddler. But I'm still <laughs> reading it. <laughs> yeah, but what I like is not only do you have um, the royal family getting involved, admittedly, which I know some people aren't necessarily a fan of, and you get Harry developing, you know, his muggle contacts and all that kind of stuff. Um, but also you get Fred and George inventing stuff for their joke shop. But also they get to work with what's basically Q Division. I mean, can you imagine the... But also you get to see them advise the Muggle government on the way things work in the Wizarding World. So how supply and demand and how it works with like food and stuff. Because obviously Harry and Hermione wouldn't know that necessarily. True, although you said that and I just imagined, I think it was die another day where john cleese was playing q at that point and no it's um not tomorrow never dies it's the one after it's the world is not enough yes i think so because i know it's the one after that because you've got another day no because you had one in 95 97 99 and then die another day was 2002 well you had let's see she had you had golden eye golden eye tomorrow never dies well, maybe it is the world and not enough. Yeah, because that's the one with Electric King or whatever her name is. Yeah. And also, Sorry. isn't that's the one with um, Robert Carlyle, actually, isn't it? As... Yep. Sorry, uh, Bond segue. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, I'm considered in a good in a family of good quizzes. I'm considered the Bond expert, so. Do not challenge me on that kind of stuff. That, well, I, I was not challenging. I was just making a sheer reference. I, I would not presume no. to challenge you. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you were, but, you know, I, I know my shit. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm American and I'm Texan, so I know that has a certain amount of front-loaded arrogance, but, but come on, I'm not stupid. Don't <laughs> shrug at me. Don't, don't, don't. Okay, moving on. I mean, I could reference what your governor's just done, but I won't. Let's not talk about Governor Wheelie, please. Okay. All right. <laughs> By the so, way, I am sorry about that. Uh, Cut this bit. Uh, uh, I'm going to talk about actually. things that make me happy now. Harmony stuff. Friend George on him. <laughs> if only. Okay, so I know we mentioned this previously in our Valentine's episode, but kind of along the same lines of Fred and George serving as big brother type romantic advisors for Harry, 
you know there's going to be off-track betting when it comes to their relationship. Like the second oh, yeah. that Fred and George find out that this is a possibility, galleons are going to be flying back and forth across so the cool. common room. I think the galleons are for the bigger bets. I, I, I think it would probably, like depending on where we are timeline-wise, I, I think we would see... <laughs> Mind Prices also, going up. I, I, I think the bets would be pretty high. Is there a student betting pool and a teacher betting pool, or is it just one big one? Okay, for the for the ease of conversation, we'll go ahead and make it just one big one, just because so we don't have to split it out. I definitely think. Are we are we now going to go into who's betting for what? Because I think that's a that's a good segue. I just want to go into who's betting. To be honest. Okay. Um, McGonagall. Oh. A- absolutely absolutely maybe dumbledore the only reason i'm gonna say no on that one is because he's a little too austere when it comes to character interaction i don't think he would be not with her maybe with hermione not so much with harry though yeah true i don't know he's pardon the pun but he's kind of a coin toss i can go either way on that true um snake wouldn't Snape well, at least if he no... did, it would be unflattering. Yeah. Slughorn would? I, I could see Slughorn simply because he wants he he wants the, the, the win trifecta. Getting both Harry and Hermione in the, the slug club and then winning that bet, I think would kind of mm. give him the victory lap that he would want. I definitely see Flitwick betting. And yeah. I, I really I have no real justification for that other than I can just see it. <laughs> Put it down to his goblin heritage. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That why not? Um, I think Hooch probably Hooch might just for shits and giggles. I yeah, I think she would probably get in and like the the same way that you get somebody in on the, on the office spitting pool. Like she'd be like, ah, yeah. fine, whatever. Um. I think the dark horse bet on that, and the like, the one that would that would surprise everybody is Madame Pence. Hmm. What about Professor Sinistra? Sinistra would be a good one too. Um, I don't think they would let Trelawney bet. I don't think Trelawney would want to. I don't think she would want to anyway. But I think even if the mood struck her, they'd be like they would find Fred and George would find every way possible to distract her for a second because they just don't want to introduce that level of stupid into the group. True. Um, I think Professor Vector and Professor Babbling again might. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the faculty would get... I think Remus sure as fuck would, depending on which year it is. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, re- if, and also, are we including the order? Let's, let's, let's include the order here. So, um, so Remus, Tonks, Tonks is the one that gets Remus to bet. <laughs> Bill probably would. Charlie probably would. Fleur, it depends on when we're talking. If we're talking fourth year, then no. If we're talking sixth, seventh year, maybe? I, I could see it sixth, seventh year. Fourth year of that story would have to be radically different. Hmm. In order for to make well, something like um, Rob's, um, you can't have it both ways. Actually, yes. Like, see, uh, in a storyline like that, I think it's very possible that you could see Floor getting involved. Same with Victor 
and Cedric and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think with the Slytherin firsties, particularly Malfoy, uh, Crab and Goyle, they wouldn't get offered, and even if they did, they wouldn't bet unless it was something unflattering. Yeah, Malfoy, Crab, Goyle, Pansy, they would all be on the unflattering side of the wagers <laughs> wager line. Um, not and Zabini, we don't know enough about, so... No, Zabini, Flint, we don't know enough about them to, for them to even be really considered. I think most of the Quidditch team is going to come down... Oh, Ollie would... Mm. Ollie would probably would. Yeah, so I think... And the girls definitely would. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think the girls definitely would. I could see, I, but I could see the girls being also on split opinions. So one of them coming down on yes, one of them coming down on, on no, and that. Well, not so much as I think they would just come have different ideas. I think as I would assume that the betting pool wouldn't be a if they do, it would be a when they do. Okay, that makes I, I like that. Um, yeah, I can see that. That would make that would make sense. And also, once your date is passed, you can make a new bet for a new date. Yeah, you get into the next bracket. Um, so Which really begs the question: Who wins? <laughs> that depends on your story. True, but objectively, like one, two, three, go. Who wins? One, two, three, McGonagall. McGonagall. <laughs> like that's just. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's face it. Like, if anybody knows her kids, it's going to be her. <laughs> yeah. Um, Again, the the only other person I think... Depending on um, when it was, do you think Percy would get involved? It's it's possible. The only reason I say it's, it's unlikely is because right as Harry and Hermione are kind of entering that age, that's when Percy's douchebaggery starts to escalate exponentially. Yeah. Don't get me started. So... I mean, it it could. I feel like it would be tremendously out of character for it to happen in the Hogwarts era. And I, I think if you're post-war and we're betting on why these two still haven't gotten together yet when it's plainly obvious for everyone in the room, then yeah. and I could see Percy getting involved at that degree. So, um, I think the puffs of their year would. I think Cedric said... I think Cedric might during fourth year, and hopefully you're writing a Cedric lives, in which case he could do it after fourth year. I think so. Let's yeah, split line there. If Cedric lives, I think he could do it at any time. If Cedric doesn't live, I think he would bet on it simply as a kind of show of camaraderie towards Harry, even though Harry doesn't know about it. It would be kind of a yeah, a sense of loyalty. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think. Mm. Um, I don't know about Justin Finch Fletchley, um, because he came across as a bit of an ass. I think he would bet, um, uh, unfavorably, okay, just because he is kind of a dick. Same with Erling, Ernie McMillan, yeah. I think the Hufflepuff girls, I think, would bet favorably. Mm. Depending uh, on when. Assuming this is fourth year, I could see I could see Susan going into the no column only because she's being kind of snooty for like the handful of moments she's around. True. 
but again, if you're going post-war, then Hannah would definitely be favorable. Yeah, absolutely. And might well be favorable before. I think she could be, she would be a dark horse bet. I like how we, we started this off as, you know, Fred and George, and now we're just getting straight into wizard gambling. <laughs> um, I mean, so, Ludo owned, yes. the, owned the money, so <laughs> it still well, works. Yeah. Um, I think um, I'm just trying to think Um, can't remember very many of the Ravenclaws besides um, Cho and Luna pretty oh Marietta Marietta would do something unfavorable Marietta would do something unfavorable Cho probably would especially probably would I don't even think Luna would bet just because she's kind of a flower child and wouldn't even be. I think Luna's brighter than people give her credit well, for. What I mean by that is I don't, I don't think she would bet in the sense that she wouldn't, she, she would essentially kind of factor out all the implausibility of it and just be like, no, it's going to happen. And then ha- there would be no further conversation for her. She would know that yeah, it's gonna and I'm just going to go over here and wait for it to happen. Um, um, and then you've caught, of course, you've got Neville, Seamus, Dean, Lavender, Parvati. Oh, Padma. Yeah, Padma. Padma, I, we don't know enough about the Patils, really. No, but again, she'd have more inside information than, say, Cho or Marietta, because she, at least some of the time, talks to her sister, I would hope. Yeah. So, excuse me. Plausible. Um, I definitely think when you, when you get into the roommates, um, Neville, Seamus, and, and 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 Dean are going to be heavy betting <laughs> on that. They will probably have. They'll probably go into the pool, but they'll probably have certain bets like between. Oh yeah, they will have, there will be side. There will be off. There will be side betting between those three right there. Pretty uh, much on the daily is what, is, is what I would be seeing like every day. I would say weekly more than daily, but yeah. Like tw- once you got towards like the end of a bracket, I think you would see the three of them sliding sickles to each other pretty much constantly throughout mm. the day. <laughs> and it, especially if a, a bracket is say a year. Yeah. So um, I'm just trying to think. Serious, sure as fuck would. Um, Sirius would, and he would make sure he would make sure that Remus gets his bet. <laughs> that Sirius would have Remus place his bet, <laughs> kind of in mm-hmm. the uh, in the in the Sherlock Watson kind of way. He'd be like, "No, no, you're doing this." <laughs> yeah, but also I my money I here. Pass Sirius to make sure that he won by sort of pranking them into it. Oh yeah, if anyone's going to try to stack the deck, it's it's going to be Sirius. I mean. Mm. Um, the only Molly reason and George wouldn't try to stack their own deck is because it's bad business. Mm. Um, yeah, Molly and Arthur wouldn't. Ron and Ginny, I think, would if we had supportive Weasleys. If we had supportive Weasleys, I would definitely say yes, and then I would add Ron into the you know side betting. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I actually think Arthur would, no matter what, simply, simply just to get out from under Molly's foot. I think if you, if, if Arthur was approached on his own, mm. like Fred and George corner him, him in the shed. Yeah. Yeah. Like 
money's changing hands. <laughs> True. Um, which I think Lockhart wouldn't give us. They they wouldn't offer it to Lockhart. They wouldn't offer it to Quirrell. Lockhart would bet on himself. Pardon? Lockhart would bet on himself. Mm. What about actual Moody? Actual Moody. You know, I I could see. I don't think he he would get involved in the main bet, but I definitely see there there could be some side betting between him and Sirius. Him, Sirius, Tonks, and Remus. Yeah, like I think those groups may they may throw a little change into the into the big pool, but I I think they'd be betting amongst themselves. Yeah, or and actually, potentially depending on how many auras you've got in the order, and I can't remember what the answer is. Um, you could have like a little side bet of like swapping shifts and things, or like sh- swapping chores or things like that. Oh yeah, and I definitely think like the way the way Moody would get involved in the betting is he would find Remus and Tonks and Sirius betting, and then after probably trying to get some gruff pseudo lecture about regulations, end up throwing a sickle in. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna do this. Um, do this right. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I think. Again, depending on the timeline, um, James and Lily would be doing it in heaven. Oh, absolutely. With Sirius potentially joining them after fifth year. Somehow you managed to make that feel so much darker. Because um, now I just picture Sirius walking through some clouds and then James and him looking at James going, I'm sorry I didn't place the bet. <laughs> That was not where I was going, but yeah. Um, and then Remus and Tonks joining them. Actually, Dumbledore would join in the betting in heaven, I think. I could see that. And I could probably um, see, now that I think, I could probably see Dumbledore having a private bet with someone. McGonagall. McGonagall, definitely. I, I, but I could, I could not see him getting involved in the pool. I think he would turn a blind eye to it. I'm not supposed to see these yeah. things even though they exist. But I could definitely see him having a, a small side wager with, with McGonagall specifically. Mm. Um, bitch. Hell no. Um, Sorry, and Snape, we said no, and Slughorn we said. Um, I'm just trying to think who else might have I interacted with Filch would bet no and then do everything in his power to make sure they weren't roaming the corridors after hours. I can't see Fred and George offering it to Filch, to be honest. I don't think they would, but I'm just saying, in, should he somehow get into this? Oh, and the ghosts will have a separate bet. Yeah. With the exception of Professor Benz, because he never knows what the hell's going on. Mm. Oh, I was thinking like house ghosts. Oh, yeah. No, maybe peeves. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Oh God! Can you imagine Peeves matchmaking? <laughs> oh, you say match, but matchmaking. What I heard was accidental cock block, or accidental um, locking them in a cupboard. I think if anyone's going to pull a seven minutes in heaven with with Harry and Hermione, it's going to be Peeves. Hmm. True. Um, we'll tell Fred and George, and then they'll start betting. See, we're back to betting. <laughs> so, mm, 
Hestia won't know them well enough. Um, I'm just trying to think who we've forgotten. Because they will no doubt be somebody. I mean, I could see some of this betting running through the three broomsticks and Hogsmeade. So that will probably bring in Madame Rosamerta, who I, I, she could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> She's kind of a blank slate. When you're Did you, you said Madame Pence, didn't you? Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Dobby. Dobby. Um, but, uh, God. Aberforth Dumbledore. I don't think he would know them enough to get involved. No, but I was just trying to think of somebody in Honey Dukes. Uh, Where are you going? Oh, uh, the school nurse, mind blank. I can't think oh, of Oh, Pomfrey. Pomfrey, thank you. Um, oh. oh, she would definitely be in on it, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think she's probably one of the first. First year, second year, third year, fourth year. I can't I remember if one of them landed in the hospital wing in fifth year, but probably. I I honestly think that she's probably the first staffer to go in on this. With the, I think she and Madam Pence are probably the first two to really get in on this, and then it builds from there. <laughs> oh, no. I think McGonagall would possibly catch them first, but then... I think McGonagall would abstain from the betting at first, and then once those two got things heated, she would probably cave and get in. Hmm. I don't know, but... Anyway... But also, I... I like the idea of supportive Ron and Jenny getting in on it as well. Oh yeah, now supporting Ron and Jenny are a thing. Then absolutely, and I, I, I would. Add, I just like supportive Ron and Jenny. I, but that's just. Well, that actually takes us into our our next talking point here, which is Fred and George in terms of Weasley bashing. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten that. Because you and I, <laughs> we have we've we've discussed this constantly whether it was on the podcast or in various episode prep that fred and george when it comes to weasley bashing often get unfairly lumped with i was gonna say i i would my fate i'd say favorite but i think the most realistic form of weasley bashing is ron Ginny, molly percy i'm not even gonna count it as bashing when it comes to percy that's just well-deserved ribbing but um, as far as I'm concerned, um, leave Fred and George out of it. We don't know enough about Charlie for him to, or Bill, really. And if Arthur's involved, the, the best one, though, there was, I have seen Weasley bashing stories where they found that, you know, Arthur was under the influence of a love potion as well. So... Yeah, I think that, that that tends to be the dividing line when it comes to Weasley bashing. It's either all in on all the Weasleys or Fred, George, and Arthur are often the only ones talked about that are segre segregated from the rest of the group because Bill and Charlie may as well not exist in a lot of those narratives. Yeah, I mean, there are some where you get Bill becoming Ginny's guardian or, you know, otherwise um, because he's depending on when it's happening, he might he's the only one who's sort of anywhere near who might take over. Because obviously Charlie's in Romania True. and Bill is either in Egypt 
when Ginny's in second year, or he comes back when she's in third third year, I think. I think so. Um, I don't yeah. know. Well, no. When she's in third year, that's Goblet of Fire. So Bill must have come back. He's certainly back for some of that, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know if it's long-term back. Okay, so he, he comes back sometime during or post-fourth year timeline. Well, yeah, in between fourth and sixth, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't, Fred and Georgian are, are not deserving of Weasley bashing because, I mean, it just, it doesn't fit their their characters, their narratives. It Anytime that someone tries to push them in a deservedly, Weasley bashing storyline. I've, I've, it's always felt wrong to me. Yeah, I mean to be fair, some of their jokes could be better, better done. So maybe not targeting it just at the Slytherins, or you know, just at. Oh the yeah. Young, like for example, when they were doing the testing, that was perhaps not very well done. I'm not but saying it's were. not. They're you not know, saints in any way. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying they're innocent. I was going to say trying to claim Fred and George are innocent. Um, but yeah, I'm not saying they're innocent, and I'm saying yes, some of the stuff that they did could have been handled better, and yes, they could have done more, say, school-wide pranks instead of targeting it just at the Slytherins. The same way the Marauders did, actually. Yeah, which um, good point, and we can mention that later. And, yeah. But yeah, that's just what I mean. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I always think that Fred and George are not nearly as... I dislike stories where they get lumped into the Weasley bashing. There was one particular one. I can't remember whether it was a Rob story or something where it was particularly one Ginny, Molly... Um, and then everybody else was just lumping in and supporting because Ginny was the little princess and anything she got she wanted kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and Arthur was too far gone to give a shit by the sounds of it. Um, I've never really liked those stories only because they struck me as simplistic. mm, um, I mean, I like the ones where Fred and George support Harry or at least say, we're really sorry, we'll, you know, and just get the fuck out of the way, actually. Yeah. Um, but, no, I just, it's a bit too easy, if that, as you said, it's a bit too simplistic just to say the Weasley family as a whole is a shit show. Although I have seen one or two where they've threatened to um, send them to Great Aunt Muriel to scare them straight. Not um, friend George, but I think Ginny um, got threatened to be such Great Aunt Muriel to scare her straight, which was I thought was deserved, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, so we mentioned the Marauders, and I want to take a, a stab at this because we mentioned we've talked a lot about um, Sirius and his involvement in Harmony and kind of where he would come down, how big of a supporter he would be. But we never really have talked about Remus. Hmm. I personally think he would be supportive because I think from what we know of Harry's parents in canon, I do think that Harry and Hermione would represent the best 
bits of them after James had grown up and after they'd sort of sort of settled down, if that not settled down, but settled in together, if that makes sense. Um, so I think he could certainly see the parallels on why they would work. And also there's not the Oedipal complex or Oedipus complex, however you say it, Oedipal complex that there is with, say, Ginny. Because <coughs> um, that's just creepy. Yeah. Um, um, here's the thing. Like, when it comes to Luke, to, to Remus, I think that as we get into sixth year, particularly, um, and if this is a, a later get together story for them, I think Remus is going to be the person that Harry might reach out to because he's starting to really feel the, the, the inevitable weight of being the boy who lived and that kind mm. of trauma and exposure is going to parallel Remus's own struggles with intimacy because of his werewolf nature. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a natural bridge. As Which long as Remus first? doesn't pull his shit show move that he does in Deathly Hallows. That was the moment that I desperately wanted to see on film because I wanted to. See, I wanted. I, I wanted the, the the satisfaction of watching Harry just rip Remus a new one. It just it. Uh... I I I got where they were going with it. I don't think the execution was what it was was what it should have been. But that we, just sounds like a half baked plot on Deathly Hallows, to be honest. I can't argue that. Okay, but going back to uh, um, the, the Marauders and, and and focusing on Remus, I definitely think the that. The thing is, certainly with third year, he saw a lot more of them than Sirius ever did. True. Um. So. But also, we never, as far as I remember, we never really got to see the fun side of Remus. Not really. Not really. We got we got hints at it, but nothing. No real major evidence. Evidence of it. That's why I think probably post third year, if there's going to be someone that is going to that Harry's going to reach out to, if it's not serious because of Sirius's lack of availability. I think if it's going to be an unschooled presence, it's going to be Fred and George. If it's going to be an elder of some kind, I think he, yeah, he's obviously going to reach out to Sirius, but I think even, even Sirius may loop Remus in or, or push towards him. Mm. That was something that I think Marauder's plan did quite well with sort of balancing the Sirius and Remus dynamic, mm -hmm. actually. Um, that's, that's something that we don't see a lot of really well done. I mean, most, most. I mean, you do and you don't. If that makes the, sense. Yeah, but you, you you see more and more fix push towards the serious lives. That's where the the conversation really happens. Yeah, and they do Stay try good. to bring Bremus in, um, but sometimes it they don't always do it as well as they might. Yeah, it, it's it's very hit and miss. A, a certain amount of that is because. Remus refuses to accept the charity and blah 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 bullshit. Which same way again same like, way one potentially would as well, actually. That a certain level of pride involved, I think. I don't think it's so much pride on Remus's part. I think it is a, a, a self-preservation tactic. He doesn't want to get too close. Mm. And, and that's just me not comfortable with it because yeah, I, I I think he he doesn't want that level of entanglement or exposure when things inevitably go wrong for him, whereas mm -hmm. Ron is just petty and 
immature. Well, certainly when we first meet, we see him between the ages of 11 and 17. Find me a teenage boy that is not petty and immature. Yeah, but I had a lot of trauma that went with that, and you, you mature quickly, okay? I'm not disagreeing. And same way Harry... Harry had his moments, though. And I'm sure you had your moments. Oh, God. Looking back, there are moments where I'm surprised someone didn't put me through a wall. Um, <laughs> exactly my point. I mean, not it's, you personally. I'm just saying... It's one thing to have moments. It's another thing to make those moments your overall personality. But the thing is, that only started happening later in the books where I think JKR was considering killing Ron off. But then she changed her mind. So... Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Let's, uh, let's let's dive back into some friend George stuff. I want to actually. Can... That's one of the um, I. There's a fair few stories that where if you've got Harry living with Sirius, you get. There was one that I was thinking of, and I can't remember what the hell it is now. We've got Sirius and Remus versus Fred and George in a prank war, and Harry helping whoever he felt like it. Ooh. That just, that sounds dangerous. That sounds fun, as long as you're watching and not participating. Yeah, no, that's definitely a spectator sport. Anybody who gets involved is definitely going to have something blown off, and there's going to be regrowing of hair. I was thinking recoloring of hair. I was knowing the concoctions that those people come up with. I wouldn't be surprised if it changed hair color and then fell out. True. Actually, which hair does it change color? Just head or other ones? <laughs> Half a dozen either way. Um, yeah, but there was a particular one I was thinking of where they changed um, a whole load of the... I can't remember whether it was Gryffindor to Slytherin or Slytherin to Gryffindor colors. Like hair, head hair. And I think it was a potion in their breakfast that they um, got into the food by via... House elves. Oi. But the thing is, that would have to happen pre-spew or S-P-E-W. Yeah. So if Hermione found out, they would be dead. Let's, well, pretty much, yeah. So, <laughs> so let's think of some. What are some pranks do you that you think Fred and George would pull on Harry and Hermione to help wink, wink, nudge, nudge them along? Um, sticking body parts together, preferably hands. Um, locking them in a broom cupboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they might do a variation on the... Um, we were talking about this fic not that long ago, uh, a variation on assault on an assault on the senses. I could see... Some, no, as we just as we discussed, I think they would possibly be more subtle about it. Yeah, I definitely think it wouldn't be as as blatant. Um, I I definitely think that you, you would have them trying to set up moments between the two. Mm. That 
Um, that Harry's ineptitude and Hermione's kind of reservations would obviously end up undoing. So you just have Fred and George in the stands somewhere going to be like, you know, spy mm. versus spy with. with <laughs> oh, actually, having Harry try to um, have Hermione fall at like a Quidditch game and get Harry to try to save her or something. Yeah, nothing that would result in imminent harm. Or anything. Yeah, but it's like trying to set up the Hermione trips coming out of the library, Harry catches her moment, you know, the, those yeah. type things, the, those little pranks. I could definitely see them. Um, oh, God, there was one that they did in a... Um, actually, a really cute Katie Bell, Oliver Wood fic that somebody wrote um, where they had a perfume um, which basically made them the... Um, it was sort of like a variation on Amortensia uh, or whatever it's called. My brain's gone. Although, to be fair, it's late in the UK, so I think I'm allowed. Yeah, um, you just got off work, so you're, you're, you're allowed to be a little foggy. Um, hang on, let me see if I can find that fic. I have way too many fanfiction windows open. In another window. Girl, you don't even want to see what my browser looks like. <laughs> oh, I have an entire browser window full of tabs. So I was I was doing other podcast research earlier today, so it Ah, uh, yeah, okay, that would do it. <laughs> um I, I'm scared of going back through my browser at this point. Yeah. It's um yeah, perfume that gives off a different aroma to anyone who smells it. Uh, the aroma the person smells reminds them of the one thing that they find most attractive at all. Yada, yada, yada. Um, and it lasts for 48 hours or whatever. I'll send you a link in thing. There we go. Cool. All so, right. I could see them doing something like that. Um, yeah, obviously without the mind-altering effect of... No. It's, like I said, it's not supposed to be... Li uh, perfume form of it it's just a variation on a theme you know i'm i'm with you i just think that, that, that you have to make that delineation very clear but also subtle at the same time yeah i mean in this particular case they said they specifically said it is something um that the smell that reminds them of the person that they find most desirable or something and then katie says oh so like amortensia and it's just like like but not so yeah i, I just it amortensia is one of those things that is just it's it's like the third rail of harry potter fanfic <laughs> mm -hmm. you, you, you you touch it you die <laughs> so yeah i mean it it the thing is it's such an easy way to explain sixth year really isn't it and i don't know what the problem with that is i don't know if it's because sixth year is such a cluster narrative wise or because Amortensia is just such a very easy handhold. I mean, honestly, it could be both, and it very likely is both. But but the thing is, Harry and Herm Harry to a certain extent, and Hermione definitely just completely changed behaviors. So I I don't disagree, and I I definitely think that. Okay, I know we're getting off topic here, but I, I definitely think that the overall use of Amortensia in in fanfic is 
inherently dangerous because of how easily it does address and resolve certain storyline problems. Sure. But let's get back to Fred and George here. Okay, so post-war, let's say let's say they both live. Post-war. Oh, they better both live, same as Sirius and Remus and Tonks better live. Assuming they both live, and we're in our little happy, happy harmony world, post-war, could you just imagine the bachelor party they would throw for Harry? Oh, God. It would be like the that. The thing is, he, uh, he might, well, uh, depending on, you know, which universe we're in, he's either going to ask Ron or Neville, probably. And then, whichever one it is, Fred and George say, don't worry, we'll take it over. Yeah. And I, then, when told no, they're just going to ignore it. Regardless of who Harry asks, Fred and George are going to be the one throwing the bachelor party. <laughs> like, just they're going to take it over. <laughs> they probably try and stick in a surprise or two for Hermione's, wouldn't they? I definitely think they would. Um, it would be tame in comparison to what they would do with Harry. I, I honestly think well, that yeah, because Hermione's scarier. Hermione is scarier, but also. They've got Harry as a captive audience, and they're going to do, do anything and everything possible to make this the most ridiculous night of his life. I definitely including say, strippers or excluding strippers. I mean, I think you go either way. I, I don't necessarily think you need the strippers. I, I think you can just go with just let Fred and George off the chain and just let them go. And it's going to he be would the probably kind of end up prank. The thing is, Hermione would probably put in a rule saying, as long as he's you know whole and sane and you know not bruised to hell, um, then they would be let off the chain. Because otherwise, he would just end up pranked to insanity, probably. Well, that's the thing. Is like I think Hermione's ground, like the ground rules for that would be Harry has to have all of his limbs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of his limbs, all of his sanity. Um, and not be bruised anywhere visible, or maybe yeah. just not bruised anywhere. Yeah, and I, I he has to be physically unharmed and still mentally competent. And I think after the after that is established, it's it's just game on. Like Harry's gonna wake up drunk in like Canada <laughs> and just be like, so, what? Just be like, what the hell? <laughs> well, yeah, especially when you. Um, very mind uh, apparition or whatever. Yeah, that is it. That just opens up an entire like, Pandora's well, box no. of bad of bad jokes and and. and oh my parody. god! I've just had a really bad thought. Fire away! It hasn't stopped us yet. True. Bachelor party going to magical Las Vegas. Someone needs to write this fic right now. <laughs> I need it. So that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the show hostage until until someone writes this one this this one shot. There you go. That that's that's your price for the next episode. Someone actually, write this fic. Better idea. Rather than ending up in Canada or Brazil or whatever, Harry wakes up drunk at the Granger's house in Australia. Someone write this fic. <laughs> Right, that's it. We've we already managed to inspire a one shot, didn't we? I think. Yeah, but also, someone needs to write this. Thing. I need it. 
I am holding the next episode hostage until we get it. That's that's it. That's that's it. Above average Joe is rattling his saber. There we go. Hang on. So we talk about the next episode after this one. Well, obviously, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're still gonna. It's late at night. Did you not? We're still we're still gonna record the next episode. I'm just being petty because I want my fic. Damn it. When's that ever stopped you? You know what? Shut up. All right. <laughs> okay, gang. I know this has been kind of a ramp, one of those rambling episodes, but I think we've all had some fun. I know I have. And Lauren looks like she's about to, you know, knock out her her glass of wine and then hit the hit the sack. <laughs> oh no! I've got another couple of glasses to go. Yeah, I have time. All right, fine. That was me trying to blame you for the end of the episode. I have to go pick up my wife from work now, so we're gonna. Well, we haven't go- got to the fake works yet. Oh, we haven't. Crap. See, uh, all right. Let's let's power let's power through them because I know you sent me what four or five at this point. Uh, six if you inclu- include the Katie and Oliver one. Okay. Um, but just bear in mind, guys. Um, one of the fix that I oh sorry. Three of these fix are a series, and it's not Harmony, it's General, it is not Harry Ginny, because I've already had flack for that, um, although he does admit to the notice Ginny is a girl, but he also goes on a date with Hermione and Parvati. So Parvati, I still have no idea how the hell you say it, but the Gryffindor Patil twin. <laughs> um, so... Um, the first in the series is called Honor a Hufflepuff um, by a guy called Stephen Ratcliffe. And basically it's all about having basically kind of a state funeral for Cedric after the whole fourth year debacle. Um, so um, you've got various people um, guarding, including um, the four Weasleys at Hogwarts at the time, so Ron, Fred, George, and Percy. Um, you've got several Hufflepuffs doing it. You've got the Quidditch Seekers doing it. You've got... Um, I think it's that thick where you have um, like a wake-type scene um, and you find out about a pranking duo called Particular Causes, which is made up of Percy and Cedric, which I thought was quite fun. Um, speaking of pranking as we were mm-hmm. um, and you also have um, Fudge made to Hermione making Fudge look incompetent which is always fun um, so yeah it's basically you've got the first one which is Honor a Hufflepuff you've got a side fic which covers both Honor a Hufflepuff and its sequel called Neville Reads the Prophet which will which you'll understand better after you've read the first one. And then the sequel is called Honor to Serve, which involves a semi-redeemed Draco. It will make sense after you've read the fic. Um, and also um, him and Harry on the Wissengamot and also invo- involves the royal family. So I like it. It's good fun. Um and um, yeah, that particular author has got a couple of other really good Harry Potter with the royal family involved one shots. Um, one of which involves Percy being counselled by the Prince of Wales, actually. Um, 
So just advert for Stephen Ratcliffe because I think he's a really good author. And he also does some Star Trek stuff and various other bits and pieces. Um, well, I've got all those links that you sent me, so I'll make sure to include them in our blog post for this episode. Um, any last words before we wrap it up? Well, I was going to f- mention the other two, three fit wrecks. I still haven't finished, you know. I was just giving you space to, you know, interject in case you wanted to mention the other two. What the hell is wrong with me? Okay, yeah, finish up because my brain is just. Hey, at least I've got the excuse of it being late at night. It's only. It's four thirty here. Over o'clock in the afternoon for you, five. Yeah, but I also have a toddler. What did you do? Wake you up at six? You don't want to know. <laughs> anyway, fanfic Rex. <laughs> Last right, so I'm just going to mention um, a couple of Harmony time travel ones where they get to go back and meet the Marauders. One of which is only kind of a wreck, if that makes sense. It's uh, one of those ones where it's, I remember it as being better than it is, but it's not bad. I still don't know how you'd describe that, but yeah. Um, And it's called Just My Luck by Scribble World. And it involves Harry time traveling to 1977 and spending time with the Marauders and that whole thing. Um, And then there's another one called Harry Potter and the Barn of Time, which has an unfinished sequel. Um, And that particular one involves, um, instead of going on the Horcrux hunt in sixth year, they instead go, he and Hermione go time traveling, kind of, um, and meet up with James and Lily as a newlywed couple and pretend to be a newlywed couple themselves and then end up together, even though Harry's just broken up with Ginny. Basically, does that make sense? I like it. So, yeah, and obviously there's the Katie Oliver one that I mentioned earlier called Trial Product, which um, Joe can stick in the doobly-doo. Consider consider it stuck. Um, But, yeah, if anybody's got any rec for Katie and Oliver fix, then please do let us know, because I'm always on the lookout for more of that pairing. Katie Bell and Oliver Wood. Because I always think it's an underappreciated one, and it's one that I was... First, first introduced to in an ancient, ancient, ancient harmony fic called Anima Summa, which was on Schnoogle. That tells you how long ago it was, doesn't it, Joe? I'm not saying I just winced, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I think it's, oh, it's something like 15, 2006, it was. I, I think you're right, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now, okay, yeah, this feels like an an appropriate end to the uh, April Fool's joke episode. You know, we end up wanting to cry ourselves to sleep because we're old. All right. Well, yeah, I was going to say, we're one of a similar age and two of a similar fandom age, aren't we, I think? Uh, Give or take, I don't know, eight, ten months? Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say a year or two, but yeah. (sighs) Ooh. Well, this, this episode was meant to be lighthearted and fun, and now it's ended on a depressing note after me trying to wrap it up four times without actually listening because <laughs> I'm just 
brain fried. All right. So I guess now. I mean, Pilter only gets you out of so much uh, trouble. I that that's it. I'm gonna start like videoing her her meltdowns and then sending them to you, so you have some frame of reference for why my brain goes. Fine. So when are you starting her on the Harry Potter? Uh, we've already started. Actually, we're we're reading the uh, the first novel, the first book to her. We've got the the big picture book editions. Oh, nice. Which okay. I wish we could say that we invested in for her. I'm actually I actually bought those as gifts for my wife. And they've just kind of made they've migrated to her her nursery, and we've still got like three other editions in the bedroom that are uh, I don't even all American, I assume. Uh, all but one. I did I did send off for a nice hard copy set of all the original printings. Nice. Yeah. But other than that, uh... right. So back on the lighthearted stuff. Um, if you guys have any have got any ideas of things you want us to look at more closely, whether you want us to look um, further into particular tropes or particular characters, uh, if you've got any fix that you want us to look further into, um, if it's dark and depressing, it'll go to Joe. If it's fluffy, it'll go to both of us, I think. Uh, that's fair. Um, so... Yeah, don't bother sending me the dark and depressing stuff because I won't read it. My mental health is not up to it, to be honest. So. I mean, I'm... Yeah, why not? Go ahead. I, I, I read depressing stuff all the time. Like, uh... Work. Oh, God, don't get me started. <laughs> it could be worse. You could be working for a logistics company. As she finishes her wine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm about uh, to make the glass as well. But like Lauren said, definitely reach out to us. Obviously, if you're in the Harmony Discord, you can reach out to either of us. Uh, there's the Books and Brooms podcast at gmail.com address. You can obviously reach me at all of the Hall of Joseph social media or the website. Uh, just send us fix, send us character ideas, whatever you guys really want to hear us talk about on this show. We still have some awesome stuff planned for the year, so don't worry there, but we want to make you guys part of the conversation going forward. Yeah, or if there's a particular fic that you want us to potentially I don't know, read and analyze or snark about, to be honest. I mean, that's going to happen. It, either that's... Either. Mm, what, us snarking? Really? No. So, yeah, um, we have a couple of ideas coming up. So um, particular people we're looking at are obviously Harry and Hermione themselves. We've got, we were looking at doing a, a Luna themed episode, a Neville themed episode. Um, I think um, those are the ones that I can think of. Yeah, plus we've got um, some other stuff we're playing closer to the vest too. So uh be sure to well, yes i figured those were general enough i could get away with revealing those oh yeah no you're fine you're fine i haven't like i'm not gonna drop the band hammer on you uh but we do have some oh, i'm too popular for that don't you know as you know i shouldn't say that i will henceforth become unpopular but this is why i fly under the radar no, I, I was actually thinking with the listeners, not on, anyway. Let's just not go there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
I hope you know that all of this awkward is staying into the episode pretty much unedited. Uh, holiday special, Valentine's special, bonded. Um, I'm sure there's other bits. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, actually, the music special. <laughs> the look on your face. Oh dear. Anyway, so yeah, um, reach out to us because uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Hall of Justice. Um, there's also the website HallofJustice.com and the email address. You've got a voice message thingy, Majig, that you might yes. have been very mm-hmm. mentioned on here. Um, actually, we, we have, uh, but um, you can find us on Anchor and actually leave us a voice message. And who knows, we may, we may actually add your voice to the show. Um, and we have also got some merch. Um, I think it's t-shirts and mugs and there are t- other stuff. T-shirts, mugs, phone cases, uh, stickers, magnets, you name it. Uh, you can go to hallofjoseph.com and find the store there and check it out. We actually just added some new uh, Books and Brooms merch to a drop. So it should be, if it's not live yet, it should be live by the time this episode airs. So, yeah. Feel free to support us. We always appreciate it. Yep. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Have a good April Fool's and keep your pranks safe and funny, I think is uh, the sign off there. Yeah. Yeah. Just be safe. Have fun. If it's something that's. Make sure everybody else is having fun too. Very true. All right. Responsible pranking for all. Later. Bye. Books and Brooms is a HMS Harmony production released in association with Hall of Justice. Music and themes by James O'Dell. Books and Brooms is a fan experience not intended to infringe upon existing trademarks. All works are the property of their original creators. Harry Potter, created by J.K. Rowling. Wizarding World characters and associated media are copyright of Warner Brothers Entertainment. All rights reserved.